2: Pharrell on a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, bad day, bad law, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Pharrell Appalachian right across the river through the woods from where Granny just got a fresh sack of the cherry chasm. And she refuses to go to bed cause she so back to New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags to break the tub in some kind of fashion. Shake it up. Should do but I'm a to come around for the party Up rats on the west side. bedbugs uptown. What a mess is tired of a brain splattered all over Manhattan. Should you be sure I got a whoo, whoo, I think I might've caught something from Keith. Hey, what's kicking? I'm Pharrell with your boy Mafia tonight. He's been, he's been on a tear. It's just really unbelievable for like the last three days. I'm just going to tell people because I'm not even going to mess around with this anymore. So what's happened is we moved from channel 204 to 159 on, on Sirius. And there was like a big rollout and a big marketing. And then they had like social media blasts and billboards and banners and just all day long. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram all of the social medias tiktok everything there's just constant you know news of the move to higher ground higher real estate a higher end neighborhood into 159 and then what happened was obviously there's still a lot of you know stupid morons out there which i'm a fan of the moron club and they just don't understand that we've moved to 159 and it's just constant. The just the they're barreling in like waves. The amount of people saying, what happened to SportsGrid on Sirius? It's gone. What's the deal? What's happened? Why have you done this to me? And then I sit there and try to answer them over and over and over and over. I try to answer these things. And then I just get to the point where I just can't do it anymore. It's like it's all day long. It's like porno. It just won't stop. And I just, you know, at some point I just can't take it anymore. I just can't get involved. I can't just sit there and just keep answering every single person's questions about where we've moved. What's happened? How come you're not on serious? What happened to your show? I used to listen to your show, it's gone now. Satellite doesn't carry you anymore. You're screwed, your show's finished. Your career's over. I heard all that. So I called up Mafia. And I said, listen, we got a problem. And he said, what's the problem? He said, I don't have time for problems. And I was like, listen, all these people are harassing me about where has the show gone that they can't find it on, on satellite radio anymore. And I'm like, listen, Mafia, I told you, I, I've tried to answer every single one of the, the you know, questions that people are asking me and I'm trying to give them an informed decision of, that you know, we've moved to 159. I just try to let everybody know. And he's like, He's just not having it. He's just like, he's like done listening to me. He's not listening to fans. He's not listening to social media. He's like, you know, I don't have time for this. So he said, I'm just going to end it once and for all. I said, well, what are you going to do? First of all, we welcome all of our radio affiliates. Sirius uh, 159, this whole story is about you. So you might as well get on board right now. And so, Mighty or 1090 in San Diego near to you. I I want to know. Sports map, sports byline, Armed Forces, happy uh, Veterans Day uh, for your service. Hoorah, soldier, hoorah. We honor all vets uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday, Veterans Day. God bless you. Thank you for your service. So anyway, we've been telling the story of how We've moved to channel 159 from 204 to 159, and I tell everyone, the company told everyone, banners, billboards, messages on every social media platform, constantly all day ramming it down people's throats, constantly updating them, constantly tweeting, constantly putting up messages, telling everyone you know, your friends, your colleagues, everyone. It's it's spread like the COVID. That's what it's done, it's spread like the COVID. But still people ask all day long, 24 seven, where has Grid gone? It's not on satellite anymore. What happened to the channel? You guys suck. You went away. Apparently you weren't doing good enough because they got rid of you. I've heard all of it. So I called Mafia. Mafia said, I don't have time for this. And I said, listen, I've done everything I can. I keep answering these questions. And Mafia said, I'm gonna handle this. So for three days, Mafia has been going around all over the Southern Hemisphere, flying around. And what he's d- decided to do is anyone that doesn't know we've moved to channel 159 he gives them a facial scrum he goes right up to their house he just walks right to the door they open the door and he just facial scrums them anyone that doesn't know we've moved to 159 now has been facial scrummed. if you haven't been facial scrummed yet and you ask a stupid question of where we've gone he's coming to your house he's coming like probably tonight overnight he's like santa claus He's everywhere, and he's facial scrum city. I mean, you are going to get it like an NHL facial scrum. He's going to rub a glove, a leather glove in your face and tear up your face and nose and your whiskers and everything. He may do it to your wife.
4: you were born with it it's always been there it's been the basis of many many friendships and connection with people who just know
2: and think like you
4: do it's made life fun welcome home to the winning edge this is the sports grid radio network you're listening to pharrell on the bench with scott pharrell
2: I love that uh, garage metal they got going there. That only took two years. (laughs) Anyway, um, it is truly incredible. I, I can't stop thinking about it because, you know, most people would want me to just like, you know, talk about the games tonight, which I'll do eventually here. But I just think it's so fascinating that Mafia is, he's like traveling the globe. Just he's so mad that, People don't know that we've moved to channel 159 on Sirius from 204 that he's just had it and he's gone on a, he's like like the Blues Brothers. He's like on a mission from God and he's going around and instead of like nicely telling people that, you know, we've moved and, you know, in a classy gentlemanly way, he's just like going right to people's home. And when they open the door, he facial scrums them. Like they don't even see it coming. It's just like a, the minute they open the door, he's like, he's just, he just spins their face with a hockey glove and a smelly one at, at that. He took one from like, I think it was like from 94, 95, maybe the year that the Rangers won the cup. Uh, he got a smelly Ranger glove from the locker room at the garden. And uh, that was his souvenir. He got a, the smelliest glove he could find from like a practice rink uh, morning session, soaking wet with smelly body odor and just absolute just arse smell. And he just goes around the globe, sticking it like the facial scrub. Not only does it affect someone, like their face gets torn up and they get leather rips on their face and, and little nicks and cuts and scrapes, but they get this horrific odor of arse that just, sticks to their face for, like, upwards of three to four days. Now, and I have listen, to ask just, them about it. As, I as mean, my wife I have to ask around, you about don't.
5: it. Don't keep me around for finesse. I'm here for brute force, and uh, you know what? If the pain is not going to remind you, the smell will.
2: I mean, what has it been like for you to, uh, like, go on in this mission from God and to just destroy people's faces with just a spinning, leathery, old, like just hard as a rock glove that smells like arse
5: uh, I mean in one word, I think it would be fulfilling I mean it's just fulfilling. it's just the fulfillment of my you know my life's work, my crowning achievement and my uh, my dreams
2: so have people the reaction has been uh, is it the smell is it the facial cuts is it the the shock is it the shock of them getting facial scrum by you at their door or is it That are, or are they actually some of them honored to be facial scrum by Mafia?
5: You know, much like you know, the the people in the NHL back in the day, it's a rite of passage, really, to take that beating sometimes, you know, from the greats, like a you know, a probert or a a domi, you know, just like the guys that would come through. And you know, if you want to make it and you want to truly say you were in the show, you got to take that beating. So that's what it's like for them right now.
2: So, like, has the message got through to them like that they understand when you're doing it, you're like, We're on one fifty-nine now, you stupid idiot. And you just keep facial scrumming them. Do they do they get it? Do they say, All right, I got it, 159? Or do they just say, What is happening here? What is happening to me right now? Call the police, call nine one one, get help, my wife, get my wife, anybody honey help what's happening when you do it do they say okay i got it 159 or do they scream for help like a girly man
5: oh no they learn you know some people they claim they're visual learners some people are you know rote memory. i think for me uh over the years i have found that the most you know effective way to teach somebody is through pain
2: so i know that you used to like back in our stern days when we would go on these types of missions you would use the um you know, the Mets, uh, the mini Mets bat that you get at the at the city field, it's like a souvenir little bat all the little kids get. It's like, you know, perfect nightstick. And then you ended up taking it out on the road and teaching people a lesson on their kneecaps uh, with a quick snap of that bat on their kneecap. And it would, you know, you know shatter their kneecaps and shins. And leave them in, you know, dramatic amounts of pain and, you know, fractures of their kneecaps and shins and tibias and fibias. Uh, Is this better than than using the nightstick uh, Mets uh, mini bats? Uh, Do you find more uh, gratification in the mini bat or in the facial scrum?
5: Uh, and the facial scrum. It's much more personal and, you know, hands-on, right to it. It's not using the, uh, some other instrument. It's really using your hands. You know, you have a little the glove, but still, it is much more of a perfect feel for it. And then you could always hide it. You know, it's a lot easier to say it was something else should the law come around. You know, it could just be they, they fell into some bushes or something, as opposed to the obvious uh, mark of the bat across the leg.
2: Have the uh, NetJet people complained about uh, the smell of the glove in the plane uh, from city to city as you've gone on this world tour? Uh, facial scrumming people, have the, uh, have the airplane people complained about the smell, the odor, the death, the, the almost, um, it's like finding a body that's been uh, disposed of uh, for a year in a sewer. Uh, it really is the smell of a body, a, a decomposed body, the, the glove. Uh, Are the airline people complaining?
5: No, no, because much like the cup, you know, we keep it in a hermetically sealed case when wherever we're traveling to make sure it does not, you know, take some kind of damage that would render it unusable. They are more concerned about uh, that our our flight plan just seems to be very inefficient and ineffective. A lot of back and forth. We really need to go, you know, like the teams do, do more of the you know western swing where we hit a bunch of cities in a row before coming back instead of the back and forth cross country that we've been doing so far.
2: I think it's been uh, really helpful for me that you've taken over uh, this project because I was really uh, struggling answering everyone's uh, tweets and, you know, uh, instant messengers and all the rest. It's just been nonstop, like idiots just keep asking me. It's
5: just infuriating. Yeah,
2: It it is infuriating. And you've done a great job. and. I appreciate you hurting everyone and facial scrumming the whole Southern hemisphere. Thank you uh, for letting everyone know about our move to serious uh, 159. Good job by you. Um, I wanted to say uh, tonight the Pharrell Ballers won again by 30. (laughs) The spread was 25, I said today on uh, Coast to Coast, and we covered. We won by 30. And uh, I had like 20 and eight boards, six dimes, and two steals. I went off mafia, and I didn't even lift a finger. I mean, I just literally was under the basket the whole game, pillar to post, and I just kept getting, uh, you know, dishes, no looks, bounce passes, rebounds, tip-ins. Uh, I, whenever I left the, the block, I would get the ball out on the wing, and I would start dribbling to the hole like I was going to score, and they'd all double me, and then I'd uh, no look to killer twice, Coco twice, Derek twice. I was you, you would have thought I was Pete Maravich the way I was passing tonight. All no looks. I mean, I, I'm 56 years old putting up a line like that and two steals. I mean, who would have thought? I didn't even want to play. I was like, I'll play, you know, 15 minutes max. I, I go f- five-minute spurts, five, five, five. Tonight I had to play like, you know, 30 minutes. So I'm used to playing half that. I played 30 tonight because we had we had a couple guys out. So I had to put on my big boy pants and deal for the Pharrell Ballers. I had to go to work. One of my guys was off shooting. It didn't matter. We filled the hole for him. He, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So what we did was we just took over. And then uh, the two bigs, Coco and Derek, went off for about 30 apiece. And then uh, Killer and I had about 20 apiece. Money had 20. I mean, it was like 30-30, 20-20, 20 I mean, we put a buck three on them. I mean, it's just unbelievable the Pharrell Ballers dealing. By the way, the number two team, uh, the the second best team allegedly in the league, they got upset by a, a winless team. So that went well for them tonight. I'm sure they blame me. They always do. So blame Pharrell for your losses. I'm sitting on the sideline picking my nose, and they blame me. I constantly get blamed for everything. I'm sorry I had that 28, 6 and 2 tonight. Check out old. get their ass beat they were going through the motions they were lifeless i don't like that or condone that at all i play it straight up yo Hi, right, Pharrell on the bench, our good friend, uh, Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio on Sirius, uh, joins us now to talk uh, a little rack. And um, I got to tell you, Mitch, I was watching the uh, Nick game uh, tonight. I got home from my game, by the way, 56 years old, and I dropped 20 with eight boards, six dimes, and two steals tonight <laughs> in 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you got to like that type of uh, a line for an old geezer getting involved. <laughs> Good for you. How many turnovers? We keep. Those? I don't think I had any turnovers. Uh, I missed oh, a couple shots, really? but I missed a couple shots, but I didn't have any turnovers. But I played. My team is so sick. I mean, we are so sick. We win every game by thirty. We're we're really good. I played with a couple of monsters, six seven, six five. They both played college yeah. ball. And then I got a six four, two six threes, and then I got two really good guards, one old, one young, and they just mm-hmm. are smart and they don't make mistakes, and we just ball out. It's great. So anyway, I was watching. Watching the um the Knicks and the Bucks the and the thing yeah. was, like, I want to get your thoughts on the Bucks because last night I watched them play the Sixers. I don't know if you caught that game. And tonight yeah. I saw the end of the Nick game, and I'm talking about when they were down 20, and they came roaring back and literally had the lead for, like, one second, and then yeah. basically Pat Connaughton buried them with threes in the last three minutes, yeah. and Connaughton had yeah. a huge game. What I saw the last two nights was really the Bucks coming back to life from last year. They've done nothing all season at all until these last two nights. Did you see any of that?
4: Well, well yeah, that's part, that's part of it. I mean, look, the Philly, Philly team is depleted now. Everybody is out with COVID on that team. So I don't know what you want to draw from that, but I agree. I mean, the Bucs did get off to a shaky start, including that loss to the Knicks. Out in Milwaukee, where they were killing them, and the Knicks came back and beat them. And tonight they made what twenty six? I think twenty six of their forty baskets, or something crazy, whatever. They, how, how many baskets they had? But they had twenty six threes, I think, at the end. And so we know they're a great three point shooting team. They haven't been. Fought, they haven't been uh, together in, in total. I mean, Middleton. It's either Holiday was out or Middleton's been out. So I still pick them. I, I pick them to go back to the finals because I still think they're going to be the best team in the East when all is said and done, and it starts with Giannis. And, you know, the Knicks, they can't protect their home court at all. Not worth a damn this year so far. And you knew that there was going to be payback for what happened at Milwaukee. So, yeah, Milwaukee get off to a slow start, but they're still, to me, one of the top, you know, two or three teams in the East. And like I said, I'd pick them again to go to the finals.
2: They shot 26 of 50 from three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? But if but that's 52%. I'll tell you what, here's the deal. <laughs> Uh, Grayson Sorry. Allen did the same thing he did last yep. night in Philly. He buried five of them. He's awesome. He did it again. Connaughton yeah. had seven of them. Holiday hit four yep. of them. Portis hit three of them. Sure. Giannis, two. Hill, two. Forget it. Uh, and it goes yeah. down the line. Even Hood had one. Your boy Hood. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I just saw... Do you think uh, that that Allen? Uh, what's his fit in the puzzle? Do you like him on that team? Yeah, and I agree with you that yeah. Philly didn't have any players. No JoJo, no Harris. Oh. But nevertheless, Philly was in that game. It was back that and boy. forth until the last two minutes. Yeah, it was.
4: I know, I know. You got to give credit to Philly because they've got you know Embiid's out. They've got all kinds of people who are out because of COVID. Bull, Tobias Harris, he hasn't played in days. Right. Um, no, I think Grayson Allen's a good fit there. He gives them another guy who can obviously can shoot, make threes. He can score up the bounce. I mean, he's another role guy. A lot of people criticize the Bucks for not having a good offseason. I thought they, you know, they lost Bryn Forbes. I thought they did fine. They bring back their, look, they still have, they've got one of the best you know, young threesomes in Middleton, obviously Giannis. And uh, we saw what Drew Holiday did in the finals last year against Chris Paul, who was hurt, but still he had a tremendous finals. And they've got right. the necessary weapons. And so, yeah, I think Milwaukee's going to be right there as long as Giannis stays upright, has no knee trouble. Remember, last couple of years, he's had all kinds of knee issues, and you're a little worried about that. But otherwise, no, they, they've got a really – they've got a great shot to uh, get back to a finals, I mean they're going to be right in the thick of it. And Easton Allen, I think he helps them
2: a lot. So the uh, Knicks are uh, at it again. They're seven and five now, and they had the Garden rocking tonight. They've had it rocking a yeah. couple times. Toppin's game seems better than last year to me. At, you know he's gone up another flight at least. He's you know from the first floor to the second floor. Uh, what do you think of uh, Tibbs' team here coming off a four spot in the East failure in the playoffs? Yeah. They had a really good defensive yeah, yeah. team. They don't look as good defensively to me this year, no. frankly, no. Uh, than they than they did last year because Fournier right. and and Kemba no. don't play defense like no. Uh, no. the guys that they lost, uh, Payton and, yeah. and the other one. I can never remember his name. Bullock. Uh, that Bullock. Reggie, That Bullock. other guard. Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. yeah. Bullock. Yeah. I mean,
4: it's like it's like they they brought in guys who are not exactly Tibbs guys, but you saw what happened in the playoffs last year against Atlanta. Julius Randle was awful. He came back to earth. They had nobody could score off the bounce. And it was like Atlanta had six defenders on the court against them at all times. That's the way it looked like they had a tremendous amount of trouble getting open. So they decided they needed to bring in some offense. So, you know, it's a trade-off. And obviously Kemba Walker, who's got some knee issues already, as we've seen, he's not a good defensive player, very small. He can get beaten uh, consistently. And then, you know, and Fournier also, he's no Reggie Bullock. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, the East has gotten better with a lot of teams. Chicago's gotten better. Toronto looks like they're a better team with the, with the kid Scotty Barnes. Uh, Indiana with Carlisle, they might not be winning as much now, but they'll be a better team. So the Knicks, yeah, I mean, they, they made these uh, changes, and it remains to be seen if they'll help in the long run in terms of, yeah, they'll probably have a better offensive team, but defensively they'll have shortcomings. And, you know, now all these teams come into the garden – knowing that the Knicks are a formidable team and they're looking to put on the show these, these visiting teams. So the Knicks have already dropped a bunch of home games, what, three or four home games, and that's, uh, that's what they're finding out. Let's see, right now at home, I've got them at, uh, what is it, uh, two and four at home, which is a terrible record, but that's what happens when, when now you're the hunted. And, you know, everybody for years and years, you know, teams are going to be, they might, you know, mail it in if they go into Boston or they go into Philly. But when they come into New York, Scott, you know how it works. They come to the Garden. They want to put on a show as a visiting team, especially the star players. So the Knicks are going to get everybody's best shot at home. And right now they're not uh, playing nearly as well as they have to to beat these teams.
2: So let's talk about the Nets for a second, because I've noticed on this little trip that they're on three games now, whatever it is, Uh, Tonight, they rolled Orlando big, and uh, I noticed, you know, I know they got blown out by the Bulls in the fourth uh, with the three ball, but they were winning that game in the third, and then they just got lit up. So um, I want to ask you if you've noticed at all that they're starting to find their way. Uh, Because, you know, everybody talks about this team being unbeatable and that if they're healthy, they're going to win it all and all this other rhetoric. But the reality is they haven't played that kind of ball at all. They've come out of the gates, I think, trying to figure out their rotations, who's going to get the burn here, there, and with which, you know, sets, which guys are going to be in there. Do you think they're finding their way now and starting to play better ball?
4: Well, yeah, but one of their best players was watching Seton Hall tonight in Newark. Right? Kyrie Irving.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, the only
4: reason people are saying they're unbeatable, nobody can touch them, is when they have Kyrie Irving there. That's the problem now. And so they still have enough, I think, to win, but it's considerably going to be considerably more difficult and obviously more pressure on Durant and Harden without Kyrie there. I mean, a game like Chicago the other night, there were moments in that game where you look at what happened in the fourth quarter you said, well, you know what, if Kyrie's there, how much of a difference would it be? And he's not even hurt. He's just refusing to get the shot, right? So who knows if he's ever going to show up and get the shot, if he's just going to mail in the season because of this whole COVID thing and his stance on being, he's basically an anti-vaxxer. I don't care what he says. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, they are finding, that, you know, they figured out that he's not going to be around. I think anytime you're going to be missing a player at the outset, plus, you know, they're, they're figuring it out, but also, you know, Harden is, as Harden said, pretty he was pretty uh, – Blunt about what he said. He said he, he couldn't play any ball over the se- or the offseason. It was all about getting that hamstring that right. And so he's going to round into form. It's still going to take him some time. But when he does, you know, they're going to be, in terms of a team with the best one-two punch in the league, they're going to be right up there with anybody else. Because Durant, he had po- he had 30 points tonight in 29 minutes. I mean, he still comes out on the floor and he can score against anybody. I don't care it is. So, you know, yeah, without Irving... They're going to be tested more. It's not going to be as easy for them on a lot of nights. You're still going to win a lot, but that obviously is, I mean, if they had a Kyrie Irving out there with Harden and, 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 and Durant, you know, they'd be a much more formidable team. Now, you can look at it and say, well, you know what? They're not automatics to do anything. Still have a chance to win, but they're not, it's, no
2: long, it's not a given by any means. So uh, respectfully, I got 60 seconds right here. Do you think this guy is legitimately going to sit there and not play basketball the entire season because he refuses to get a vaccine?
4: I tell you what, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, he always, he, it's like, he, it's like, he, you know, there are a lot of instances in his career where he just looks to sit out games for whatever reason, you know? Plus he's still getting paid. Like the Nets were on the road up tonight. He got paid for that game, didn't he? I mean, gets paid for road games, right, or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, who knows about Kyrie how he thinks. All I know is he ain't helping him by sitting out there, and it's just a mess, a mess for Steve Nash, a mess for everybody, for the organization.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I got a lot more I want to talk to you about. NBA, can you chill a little bit, Mitch? Yes. Yes, I'll be. All there. right, great. All right, so I because I want to go uh, west uh, side with you and start talking about these Western Conference teams and the fallout from the Joker and what I'm seeing in in uh, San Francisco with Curry going off and what you know I'm seeing with all these teams out west. We're talking to Mitch Lawrence on the bench. no doubt about it things are crazy right
4: now just read a paper on second thought don't you're listening to something rock solid something to depend on believe in expert information on gaming odds and more this is the sports grid radio network you're listening to pharrell on the bench with scott pharrell
2: All right, we're talking to Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio. Uh, I didn't um, freak out after Joker uh, nailed Markeith Morris in the back of the head uh, and snapped him into Whiplash Smile. After the cheap shot he leveled on Joker at midcourt, everybody got all up in arms about it. butler snapped he got fined morris got fined joker got suspended and i said last night on the show mitch that like they love they love uh adam silver he's a player's commish uh he'll never it's like you could you know david stern malice in the palace guys lost an entire season uh, this guy suspends everybody one game doesn't matter you commit murder you get a one game suspension uh, what did you think of the whole thing
4: Oh, it's a cheap shot by uh, Morris. I mean, come on. That was ridiculous. Eric's supposed to call it a take foul. He, he was trying to take him out. You saw the play. He precipitated it. And I had no problem with Joker going back at him. If you're going to hit somebody like that, you better not turn your back on him. Cause a guy like Joker, he's going to, he's going to come back at you, which he did. And you know what? Okay. So we got a one game suspension, but Hey, it's like the guy is disrespected. I don't. I don't know what it is because he's an international player. The players, a lot of guys. I don't think uh, like like a an MVP player like that. It's amazing that he got he got that type of treatment from a guy like uh, Mike Morris. And I know they're going to play in a couple of weeks, and everybody's already anticipating that his brothers are going to go into Miami in their camouflage outfits, the 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 uh, Jokic boys and they're going to take on Martin. Nothing's going to happen. You know, the, the, everybody, the league is going to say, you know, talk to the referees. They'll send a crew down there of no nonsense guys. And there's going to be no problems, but it was a, uh, Hey, that's the way the league used to be. I think guys of our age and, you know, what, what, what we've seen over the years, that was the, that was the part for the course in the NBA back in the day. Now, all these other people are going crazy about what Jokic did. Hey, he's, he retaliated, and I gave him every right to do it because of the, the, the cheap shot he took. And that was NBA ball back in the day when it was more physical and there was intimidation. And so I'm glad he went back at Mars. He deserved that.
2: You and I saw that intimidation at the Garden a million times with the Knicks, and we've seen it with the Pistons. Uh, we saw it even with the Bulls. Uh, every yep. team in the league had dirty players.
4: Yep, yep. No, that's, that's the way it was. But, you know, what they did was they, had, they felt they had to clean up everything. And they felt they couldn't have any more fights, especially after what happened. You mentioned, you know, running a crazy Ron Artest and the whole Malice at the, at the Palace deal. And so, you know, it's good for the game that they did eliminate a lot of stuff. But then, as we saw, you know, it went too far because then they basically... They, they, they basically took defense out of the game and it became a totally offensive sport. That's why the beginning of this year has been so great to watch because we're no longer seeing James Harden just automatically get to the free throw line 15 times a game Or Lillard's now complaining because they're not just getting all the calls. It went way too much. You know, it wasn't authentic basketball. I think Steve Kerr came up with that term. It's a lot more authentic now when guys aren't going to the line all the time. But it's still hard to play defense, you know, because back then, the era we're talking about, it was a lot of hand-to-hand combat, and they they outlawed all that stuff. But it's good to see – And the other thing is, they want to make games. You know, they're trying to get games down to two hours. And what slows down games besides reviews? A parade to the free throw line. So they're trying to do that. So, yeah, it's a, it's you know, we we've known, we've taken, know you and I and everybody else who's been around the league a long time, how the league has changed, the sport has changed. But I'm glad to see now it's a little more, you know, taking that, you know, cracking down on these offensive players who think they can get away with anything. And now they're complaining because it's not the same sport that they knew over the last couple of years because it's no longer all geared to the offense. I kind of like the way things have gone.
2: So what do you think of uh, Mitch Lawrence with us, the Lakers, uh, the way they've looked? And I'm watching them play the Heat tonight. And, you know, the Heat are one of the best teams in in the league, let alone the East.
4: Yeah, well, you know, the Lakers have 12 new players. We know they got Russ. And we know what they got with Russ. They're going to get turnovers and some bad shots. And here's the problem for the Lakers. LeBron is no longer indestructible, right? He's been hurt again. Now, this is two or three times over the last couple of years where he's going to miss probably significant time because of this ab strain. And so, you know, Anthony Davis, you never know how long he's going to stay on the court. And although I thought Westbrook would do his best to fit in, I just don't like the makeup of the team because LeBron's age, he's going to be, what, 37 in December, his 19th year, he's now more susceptible to injuries you got Anthony Davis, whose track record is he's going to get hurt. And Russell Westbrook is going to continue to play the way he's always played, which is you can't count on him to make the right plays. He's throwing up wild shots. He's turning the ball over. So I think that the Lakers, look, because they've got those three guys on the court, they're going to win their share of games. But I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. I pick Phoenix again to get back to the finals because I think they got the best team out in the West, and they did a hell of a job last year.
2: Wow, So, uh, you know, and, and they're starting to play better ball. That's for sure, the Suns. And, uh, but, but before we get into the Suns, uh, take me to uh, San Francisco and what do you think of what Curry's doing with the Warriors? Oh, great.
4: I mean, look, they don't have Clay Thompson yet, and they don't have Wiseman, but between Curry and Green, and how about the play of uh, Poole? I mean, it's exact, he's, he's been a tremendous player for them, I don't know if he's going to be used in trade bait, but the, the, now the schedule's been real easy for them. You know, They've played a lot of patsies. They haven't played really great opponents, but the way Curry has come out of the gate and the way that they still are the premier offensive team when it comes to passing the ball, probably the best passing team still, and their number one defensive rating. So add those two things, and they've got off to a magnificent start. I just can't wait to see what clay thompson looks like when he comes back he's been off for two years and you get Wiseman back they're going to be loaded and so they're a top four team in the west people are picking them to win the title i don't know about that but you know curry's still playing he's going to be an mvp candidate and they're playing at a tremendous level i just want to see him go up against some tougher teams you know they'll get them in in the in the in the schedule and they you know there's nothing how can you complain about anything they've done so far
2: I mean, can you believe this guy dropping a 50-burger with 10 dimes and how in the last two seasons that he's able to go out literally off screens on his own basically and create and score as many points as he does every single night? It's like every night he goes off. You know,
4: they came out with that top 75 team a couple weeks ago. It's actually 76 players. right? And he knew that off the – since 96, he knew – LeBron was a lot to make it. Toby was a lot to make it. And Duncan, even Steph Curry's a lot to make it. Not just because he's the back, you know, he was back-to-back MVP in a unanimous choice a few years ago, but the guy's been arguably one of the top, you know, great, greatest shooters we've ever seen, one of the greatest offensive players we've ever seen, and he's not slowing down. So, yeah, I can believe what he's doing. I mean, the fact that he can knock down nine, ten threes in a game he's done that over, what, 30 times in his career, and nobody else has come close to that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's still an, he's still an amazing story. And he's great to watch. He's, every, everything is just great, what he does for the game on and off the court. He's just a, it's just a, a credit to him and his family. He's phenomenal. I mean, you know, he's, he's like a perfect player for that franchise. And now when people say the Warriors are caught between winning now and building for tomorrow, listen, when you have know a guy like Steph Curry you owe it to him and your franchise to do everything in your power, to go for everything right now. You don't worry about next season, you know, five years down the road, what happens. Right now, their big thing is they got to see what happens when Klay Thompson comes back, and are they going to go make another move? Are they going to package some young players like Poole and Wiseman and try to get a Ben Simmons or somebody else and try to help Curry get back to a championship and win another title? That's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out,
2: Scott. Do you think, uh, Mitch, that Utah will ever figure out how to win in the playoffs because they win every night no. and you can't beat no. them at home, but they can't no. win in the playoffs?
4: No. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not. You know, I, I, you know, to me, part of the deal is, uh, you know, I love Donovan Mitchell, but I just don't think he's an elite player and he's their best player. And if you're going to win a title. You've got to have a Giannis Antetokounmpo. You've got to have a Kawhi Leonard when he's right, and he, you, know, you saw what he did for, uh, a few years ago. You've got to have a LeBron. You've got to have a Steph. He's not in that class. He's just not in that class. And the other thing is, and I bang him on a little bit because, um, you know, it's just obvious in the playoffs that, you know, a guy like Gobert, who does great work in the regular season, he's a very good player. He's way overpaid. You know, he wins Defensive Player of the Year awards all the time. They've got a lot of their cap invested in him. He doesn't change playoff series. He's not like Bill Russell. He's a, he, he's a great defensive player, but he doesn't make the impact that he needs to make time. And again, an offensive end, he's not much at all. So no, I'm not a big, big believer in Utah. they will be a very good regular season team. Again, they might win the West in the regular season, but I think Phoenix is better equipped to go deeper in a playoffs, a team like that. I think Denver, even, even without Jamal Murray, if they get him back, we'll see, but they've got the Joker, uh, you know, we'll see about the Lakers and obviously Golden State with Curry. I don't look at Utah as a real legitimate threat to win.
2: Oh, uh, respectfully, I have two minutes. What is the deal? Why won't the Suns give Aiden a deal? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, now you,
4: you know the the buzz was. They, they don't feel he loves the game enough. I don't know, that's a crock. I mean,
5: that's he's crazy. their
4: third most important player. We saw what happened in the, in the finals. We saw what happened in the playoffs, in, their road to the, in the road to the finals. It, that's the one thing that could upset the outical card out there is that if, he, if he's upset and he's not playing all the time because he's got this leg injury, who knows if it's totally legitimate or not. It probably is. But, hey, when a guy's not getting paid, you know what, there might be some nights where he goes, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go out there and play, play tonight. My leg is hurting. I'm not, you know, hey, if you were getting paid what, what Michael Porter Jr. is getting, you could make sure that he'd be, he'd be uh, you know, checking the clock. He, he'd be playing every single night. That's the one thing I worry about with Phoenix. That could upset that team in terms of the whole chemistry issue because everybody's been paid. Bridges got paid. Landry Schammett got paid. But they haven't paid him. So that's a, I think it's a disgrace, really.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, Um, but Bridges has taken his game to another level, and I thought he was sick in the playoffs and the finals, and I've seen him this year already humiliating uh, the Lakers and whoever else. I mean, he is just something else, and then I can't even believe some of these other teams like Washington, what they've done. That's kind of blown my mind. Oh. And I, I'm not surprised at what the Bulls are doing with DeRozan and having Zach and, and Voos. I got uh, oh. about 60 seconds, Mitch.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. I watched the Bulls tonight against Dallas, and Lonzo Ball shot the three ball unbelievably. He Made seven or eight threes. They upgraded that position totally. And they got Caruso, who's a real good winning type player, who LeBron loved. Lakers shouldn't have let him go. He's now a backup. They got DeRozan. They've got Ball. They've got, you know, to help Levine and Vucevic out. The Bulls are for real. They had a nice win the other night against uh, the Nets. The thing with Washington is they did a good job parlaying Russell Westbrook into three former Lakers who can help them. Two guys who've won titles. Kuzma, right, and continuous Colwell Pope, they're going to help them. Montrezl Harrell's going to help. They got Dinwiddie. Bradley Beal, you know what? He's got some players around him now. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're world beaters by any stretch but they're definitely a much better team than when they had Russell Westbrook.
2: Wow, no doubt. Hey, Mitch, you're just awesome, dude. That was just sick, uh, doing a double shot with you talking NBA rack. I could, like, go to bed right now happy and have good dreams. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. We'll catch up again real soon. Always a blast having you on the bench.
4: Enjoy it, Scott, as always. Take care.
2: My man, Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio on Sirius. Right now, the Lakers up 33-30 on the Heat. Nuggets up two on the Pacers, nine minutes left, Suns up 10 on the Blazers going to the fourth, Warriors up 13 on the T-Wolves, eight left in the second, it's Pharrell on a bench. With people. Everybody expects every team in the Epvin League to win the Super Bowl. One team wins, the rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. I just saw your boy, Krusty Louie, uh, Adonis Haslam playing for the Heat. They got him given uh, some burn, and he's in the game, and they gave him the pill on the on the wing on a mid-ranger. He hit about a 15-footer on the baseline. He pulled up and nailed it. I couldn't believe it. Even uh, Dwight Howard was laughing. I mean, they were all smiling, seeing the old geezer bust one off. The oldest player, 41, active in the NBA is Haslam, and he's out there playing right now. I have seen it all. I mean, this guy, he is forever. He has been playing in the NBA forever, and he's still out there filling it up. It's a good game. Lakers 35-34 over to Heat. Your boy Dwight Howard getting in all kinds of foul trouble in this game. He just smacked Lowry in the face uh, and, I mean, knocked his, like, eyes, nose, teeth. He got him with his hand with a slap down his face. And uh, Lowry went to the line and hit both. But And then he got another one. He just keeps running into Lowry and, and picked up another one hitting Lowry. And uh, he's finding himself in, in foul trouble. And you know who they're giving all this burn to on the Lakers is uh, Mello. He's getting massive play. And then Russ is out there just yelling at people. He's yelling at Howard. He's yelling at everybody, yelling at the refs. I mean, your boy Brody is so angry and so mad. I just saw him throw the ball away, too. He's all over the place. He's not the player he was, I'll tell you that much. He looks like he's a mess in Los Angeles, at least so far.